Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We journey to the Orient this week with Edward Zwick's 2003 epic, The Last Samurai. As always, we're joined by Mike B. Hey, hey. And Nate. The first weeb. <laughs> so guys, what do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, you're gonna, that's how we're going to start. Yes, it, the first weeb. The first weeb. So, guys, what do you think? Uh, Very historically accurate. Couldn't have done it better myself if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I will start. I mean, it's, it's an interesting film. Yeah. I'll give it that. I'd never seen it before. And I always kind of avoided it, not because really? of. Well, I don't know. I was always just never like a well, real. I thought you've seen um, it before. No, I hadn't. I'd seen parts, but I'd never totally oh, seen wow. it. Oh wow! Like, it, and to to go back to our earlier episode on uh, behind enemy lines, you know, like this is one of the things they played all the time on like TNT, yeah, and like uh, Spike or now it's yeah, on, but like you know, just on Spike, TV yeah. growing up and everything. Spike, yeah, yeah, right? Spike on Spike, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> After I watch, uh, you know, MXC Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, I'm gonna go watch Last Samurai, the other Japanese but, show. Oh God! <laughs> they, they were showing. They were showing. Um, they were showing uh, movies on Spike with the TNT watermark still for a while. <laughs> yeah, Remember right? that? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was <great>. fucking great. <laughs> yep. Followed by yep. our marathon of cops. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. yeah, Walker Texas Ranger had oh, just like gotten my off the air. God, right? No, so I had always like you know just I don't know. Just at the time, I didn't have enough interest to watch it, but now I sat down and watched it, and I'm it's a really good movie for what it is. You know, yep. it's it's very well done. Um, as far as historical accuracy, you know, it's, it's an amalgamation of a lot of different things, Yes, you know, and a lot of different people. Um, and it's funny before I like got into, this is going to sound pompous, like filmmaking and stuff. I'd be like, that's fucking horrible. Fucking you got to stay in the book and history. But now as I write stories and I, I like try to make things work, I understand why you have to have these types of, you know, lapses or just, you have to break some historical fact to make the narrative work. And I think this fiction based on history kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think this movie has just enough of each. Like it's very well done and you get enough of a story. I mean, it's not really the whole truth, but it's for what it is, it's good, you know, and I'm not trying to like, you know, oh, well, this one's whatever, trying to be biased against the other films that we've been like, this isn't historically accurate. Fuck you. But this one has a very interesting balance of what they're trying to tell a really interesting story, but they're also trying to stay with in the realm of, you know, history as much as they can. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I was very surprised by it. I thought I was gonna not, I was gonna hate it, but then I was like, wow, this is very respectable film. A little note off of what you just said is that I don't think anywhere that it claimed to be based on a true story or based on historic facts or anything like that. Like a lot of other ones, the reason we usually rip apart a, a film that is completely fucked historically is because they. Oh, based on a true story, uh, based on historic events, blah, blah, blah. The names have been changed and they're just so far off. They can't really say that. If you don't claim it to be a historic, like based on a historical, like one event or one person or whatever, that's fine. Historical fiction is fine in itself. That's not, you know, that that's why I don't think that, you know, like this is, I don't this think is we generally rip on something. As it normally is when they go off. Exactly. I don't think we usually rip on something just for not being historically accurate if it doesn't claim to be. So that's just a little note there. So true. But you know, this, I'm just saying for how people can, uh, 
you know, like just degrade this film. Because attrition, that's how I viewed it. I'm just like, oh, it's sure. Yes. Whatever. But it's how yep. times have changed, or at least from my own opinion. But no, I was very interested in it. And um, I think I'm much better for watching it after the fact. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good watch, I think. I mean, some people find it boring because it, it's a lot of um, a lot of very important and slow moving dialogue, but it, it's relevant. It has to be. I did walk away with uh, it's too long. You know, that was one of the things that I thought yeah. of. I feel like it could have been condensed, but we'll get into that a little later. Sure. Know? Yep. But uh, yep. yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that point. But what do you, what about you, Nate? Uh, well, I, uh, I, if I remember correctly, I saw this in theaters in 2003. Um, and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and I, I really liked it then. Um, God. Now, you know, with me being 13 years old, it was like, hell yeah. Um, now, being older, I still like it. I, I have more of a respect. I used to stay away from it for the exact same reasons that everyone else, I think, does. Uh, and then until like the last maybe five years, I think it was like five years ago, I went back and rewatched it and I liked it again. And I think it was because of the, you know, the not pertaining to historical facts, but basing it off of historical events, but not saying it verbatim like this is based on true historical events there is some take to to think this is complete fiction it has um there are um i'll I'll go into it later but uh, i did a lot of research on this because i i was always very curious of like okay like the events of the of the country of japan like what what led to there has to be some kind of historical event that led to you know westernization of japan so I, I researched heavily into that and did that and we'll jump into that very soon. But but Commodore all in all Perry. Yeah. But like <laughs> but like going into the film as a whole, like I like I like this movie a lot. It is pure entertainment. Um it's also height of Tom Cruise just before he starts to f- do electrical attacks on Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Couch. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's that era of Tom Cruise. Um and uh I'm glad you got that reference, Brian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That video comes up in, like, my feed at least once a year. Like, you know. <laughs> I love what that What was video. the movie where they – I think it was a uh, – what was it? I can't remember the name. Not Mad TV, but uh, Scary Movie or something where they made fun of that. Yeah, Scary Movie. Where, where yeah, they, yeah. Like, he kills Oprah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, like, that – Sure it wasn't Molly's War? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, Molly's War came 10 years before that, so obviously. But. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting that mixed up, my bad. Anyway. <laughs> we'll review that eventually. Like, but, anyway. um, yeah. It's, it's, still, yeah it's still in production, so yeah. It is. Um, yeah. So, it's 1993. So, so, so going into it, it just was really, it was, it was really cool to go back into it and not have the stigma of like, Oh, this obviously is like a fiction piece of shit. No, it it it's got everything that we had just talked about. Where I think it's it's loosely based around big transitional events in Japan, but it doesn't really take from a. It, it's not trying to clone copy an exact period of history to then be like, okay, this is fucking wrong. This is fucking wrong. They took influence of certain characters and things that did happen in Japan. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it it's it's very loose, so it allows it to have its play within the realm, and so you can believe it and not be so like, eh. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll uh before we I'll I'll talk about that stuff later. But but yeah, like it it overall, I I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It's a great entertainment movie, and it's a good, it's just a good movie all around. 
I love it. Just the characters, the character development. Um, you know, it kind of does what uh, Dancing with Wolves does, except I feel like, you know, it's a very similar movie, it's a very similar kind of path, but it's not a clone copy of that. It's different. And I like it more than Dances with Wolves. So, oh, for sure. You know, and it's like you're mentioning, you know, it's very interesting to see how Japan was westernized. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting because this movie is, is contradicting in a lot of ways to what Japan turned into, you know, in the 20th century. And I've always been fascinated with the war in the Pacific, Second World War. And the more that I, you know, want to know about the conflicts and everything, the more I research Japanese history and like to see where these things began and, and, you know, the lineage of it. And it's just the one thing I walked away from this is that it's funny because the events of the 1870s are the polar opposite of what happened 70 years later. It's like, this movie is almost like, you know, it's like Bushido was funny in the concept of this film because the grandparents of the generation that fought in the second world war, you know, wanted to Westernize. They wanted to get rid of those traditions, you know, but then they got grained back in the Japanese society. So it's just kind of funny. It's like the hypocrisy of Bushido. Like mm. we are a warrior culture, but 70 years ago, fucking you're using Gatling guns to kill samurai. Like, <laughs> so it's just very interesting to see the, the path that Japan took to modernization, mm-hmm. you know, and it really do, you know, 1945 and the events of the second world war really start here. You know, yeah. this is the, the Japanese empire building and yeah. that's the arc that they have. So it's just very interesting to, to see how they, they got rid of it, but then they adopted it back into the culture. And they kind of do touch on that again at the end of it with the emperor and everything, you know, how uh, they were, they were turning away from the West. Um, but it's just very, just a funny contrast, you know, it's like, how does this lead to Bushido? Mm-hmm. How does throwing away your cultural traditions get there? It's like the Chinese cultural revolution in the forties and everything, you know, it's just like get rid of everything. And now it's back. Right. So it's yeah. very, an interesting, you know, study of culture as well of just like how, you can shed things for certain generations, but also bring them back for other ones. So I thought it was a very interesting thing just looking at Japanese history. This is before the really big events of like uh, the um, Russian Japanese war, Port Arthur, you know, all of that. This is just, this is the very beginning of a medieval feudal nation, you know, becoming modernized. Jumpstart really quickly. Yeah. yeah. Ju- really quickly. Yeah, Jumpstart. years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's a, within three generations. They yeah. go from, samurai to battleships built in england what that, that's incredible it's, you know if you look at any other nation their industrious build of an empire in such a short period of time 70 years yeah that's insane it, if, you know? if i if i remember correctly <clears throat> and correct me if i'm wrong because i did all i got so much information in my fucking brain um is that normally um the historical context for for prelude like the like the 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 context for this movie like before all this happens is that jap uh japan was 200 years of isolation right yep so almost like 200 years of isolation a long time yep. yeah and then all of a sudden the u.s just come in and go you will now open up japan to us or we will fucking take it by force it wasn't that the ultimatum for that 1854 it was a little more diplomatic but yeah that but was to, the but actual, to like, that was but to the like idea bluntly go yes. about it it's like you will yes. open up trade yep. with us or we will then force you to open up trade with us yes and so then they did that and then japan realizes that hey you know we have we need to we want to embrace westernization mainly of european technology and culture and pretty much in what 20 to 30 years they take dutch german american 
French. French, British technology and culture and influence. And within like 30 years, they're jumpstarted to like almost being like fighting Russia, yeah. which is a world power, at which that is incredible. They had just also come out of, you know, a more feudal kind of state in the 1860s and 70s. The 1870s is a really, 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 really important and overlooked at every given opportunity decade. Right. It's a very, because not only is this when Japan starts modernizing and westernizing, look at Europe without, without the Franco-Prussian war, the first world war probably wouldn't have kicked off as hard and fast as it did with Germany getting involved and then Russia and all that stuff. But that's a different topic. But like the, the, the empires in Europe were also like, there was new uh, empires being born with this new technology, this rapid advancement, industrialization was the main component of it. And the 1870, and the U.S. had already been trying that, and then they just kind of were already ahead of the game, and there was a lot of competition. Well, you get countries like Russia and Japan who have been doing things a certain way for centuries that are now, okay, well, these guys are way ahead of us. Maybe it's not so bad that we kind of try to keep up with their level or they're just going to come in and wipe out everything right. that we've existed for, for all these centuries, right. you know? It's, and yeah. so, yeah, within 30 years, which is really not a long time. Really fast. Cause you're going from feudal Japan to like what Brian said, 70 years, but then you cut, maybe cut that in half of a huge influence of technology, culture, um, religion, you know, everything kind of inf- mm-hmm. being just, bl- I almost kind of, force blown into the country very fast very quickly so you have this huge uh divide where you have you know the samurai which is the old cultural old world and then you have you know the new world the new you know the emperor now has an army in fully you know mobilized technology of the european world so it's it's i was doing a lot of research and a lot of a lot of the kind of um things that are wrong with the movie mainly come with just people trying to uh, coming from Hollywood, mainly trying to make the samurai, the underdogs, um, you know, to like, you know, to yep. really prove that point, you know, bows and arrows, swords and everything. The thing I had, the one thing I really have a problem with the movie in general is that the samurai did not look down on guns. Guns were in Japan way before the European influence. Yes. The Naruto rifles. The, the, yeah, the last 300 years they were fighting, I think it was in the the, the, the tons of civil wars, but mainly the one rivaling of, yeah. rivaling the you ever play like, Shogun. Yeah, ri- rivaling the actual like, you know, um the period that we're talking about, I think it was the Boshin War. And so like tons so like tons tons of um the samurai didn't look down on guns they used guns they used it actually yeah. quite regularly and the the army that um nathan Ogren is training was not brutally new like that they made them all right. weak and 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 terrible to show that the samurai were a formidable force with swords bows and arrows and all this stuff and and for the from what i've researched samurai would use guns until they would mainly like either not have the fun the the funds the resources or the ammo to to keep using them so they would revolt you know revert to using swords and bows and they had thousands of years of tech or uh, not tech uh, strategy and uh you know uh i'm blanking on the word here just they had tactics and everything based on sword and bow 
maneuvers. So they would use and, a, and knowing the land, and, it was on their turf exactly. most of the time. Yeah. So yep. it, it was it was those are the only two real big problems that I had with the movie, even before seeing it again. It's like I knew this stuff now, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a Hollywoodism, and okay, you know. I, I will say though, at one point they did mention like about the you know general the, the samurai general like you know he stopped using guns to uh he stopped using dishonorable weapons at one point they mentioned that in the early part of the film that's bullshit i think that that's well, bullshit I, I know no i get it <laughs> but they do they, but they do at least have a line that tries they to do up, i mean you know? they do they do so try I'll to say a that a little bit of the benefit of the right Not i mean they, it's right but right you know no they they do say they it, but, that, it but that is but that is total crock oh yeah like and yeah. it's all it's also just this overwhelming noble savage fallacy that exists with like you know the native tribes here and everything. The dances like with wolves mentality. It's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Where they're all just like these humble, formidable, respectable, like people that use these primitive weapons. They don't keep up with technology. Well, it's the same thing in the U S and in South America. As soon as their enemies came and had guns, they were trading. They got guns. They, they, they understood that. Okay. Now it's an even playing field. Same with these guys. And just because I know there's already people screeching because Japan is a very touchy subject. And then I'll let you go. Just, Give me like a 10 second diatribe. No, no, Weebs. None of us are Japanese historians. We do a little bit of research. We see what's in front of us. We know that you guys that worship Japan know every intricate detail. We're not claiming to be Japanese historians. These are our observations and we're always learning. So with that, that is a good blanket statement. Yeah, you can calm down. And calm down and hug your your anime pillow, you know, your body pillow. Hug hug, hug your weed pillows and cry to yep. your anime. Get back to listening because yeah. it's a it's a good it's a good topic. It's fun. <laughs> We're all having fun here. Hi, and I totally forgot my fucking what I was going to say. You you'll remember it. You'll remember it. Well, what was right before that though? We're talking about we were talking about the noble savage fallacy and like how they the natives here used guns oh, oh, as yeah. soon as they yeah, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's funny to me? So I like the beginning of the movie with the, like the nineteenth century showmanship. I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, I didn't like how the dates were lining up because Little Bighorn didn't happen until after he headed to Japan. But anyway. Um, <laughs> right. And, yeah. Oh, that, really? yeah. That was funny. Oh, yeah, I didn't know like, that. Because they said the dates and I'm like, because I know a bit about the weather. I don't know too much. I don't want to say I'm an expert. But like, you know, I'm just like 1876. That was when it happened, you know. And yeah, he, he actually goes to Japan, I think the month or whatever, like as the battle was occurring. Because the Indian Wars are really over mostly by the late 1870s. Um, the West yeah. was really that 1865 to 1880 period. I mean, it wasn't really settled completely until later on. But the last real big gunfight was the was it uh, what the gunfight OK Corral, which was like 1882, you know, which is a lot. Yeah, the wi- the Wild West was a very very short time period. Yep, it was very. Like, it was like yeah. 15 years. Yep, and and it seems like it was you know 50 years according to well, all the movies and with, shit with the American expansion of it. But just to touch on it, yeah. it's funny because. They're talking about how the Winchester, you know, was so great and how, like, they were used by the 7th Cavalry. No. They had trapdoors, mostly. And the fucking Indians were the ones that had older Henrys and Winchesters. And that's where they were able to fucking mm-hmm. massacre those guys. Because the Indians yeah. had better weapons than the fucking, the army. And that was very common, like, at the time, you know. Single-action army revolvers were adopted over the 18, what, it was 58 or 61's cap and ball, like, they're still single side loading revolvers. Yes. The Indians were trading for Schofields, top break revolvers and things like, so it, it's funny how their adversaries in a lot of ways had better weapons than they did. So it's and yeah, better it's, tactics. It, yeah, yeah. Cause they're fucking smart. I mean, why would you use a bow and arrow when you use a Winchester on a back of a horse? You fucking, now you turn yes. a, a very dangerous caravan into fucking like fuck, you know, like 
whatever. You've got a lot more distance and range in between. Yeah. And you're just as accurate. So no, it's incredible, you know? So yes, they are very honorable warriors and stuff, but fucking you're going to use this shit, you know, as much as you can, because it just gives you that extra edge with your tactics, with your knowledge and with your ability. But yeah. But it, it seems that Hollywood seems that the Winchester and Henry repeating rifles were just like standard issue. But it's like, no, back then they were expensive as fuck. That's why they're trying to, to that's, that's why they're trying to like sell them to, to dads who are taking their rich families out to the fair because only rich families <laughs> could be at the fair at 1870, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they were very expensive guns. And it's like that's why the the native tribes, like you wouldn't see them all armed with them, but over years they had traded and acquired by peaceful means or not all these guns and the the u.s army it's always going to be okay how can we get the most arms the cheapest way possible that are effective enough and therefore you get trap doors so and it's funny too because like they're you know again winchester and henry are the two big names of lever actions but yeah like you know there are so many other knockoffs marlin made it yes on. um yep. i know there's one or two other companies that i don't remember the names of right now but like there was a yep. lot of lever guns that like they had a little different patents like the Winchesters, but they were still out there. So like, you know, it's just very interesting how they were, were propagated. And the, you know, tying this into Japan, you know, the Civil War was horrible for America. It was disgusting. It was so many guys were just thrown in. It was, it was America's World War One in a way because just the horrors of Cold Harbor, Antietam, you know, all these things happening, using Napoleonic tactics with rifles that are accurate to a thousand yards. Like it's just yes. a fucking state. Fucking slaughter. So yeah. in 65, you have this country that's shattered with you know eminent domain to the west and all these guys don't they can't go home you know i, I think we mentioned in an earlier episode what hobo stands for homeward bound yeah these civil war veterans and a lot of guys couldn't go home because i was at fucking cold harbor i was at Fredericksburg. i was a victor i'm not going fucking back there so a lot of these guys were wandering a lot of them joined the cavalry a lot of them you know took a lot of their aggression out on the indians you know um a lot of them went abroad it's this very interesting this post-civil war period where you have a shattered generation of people trying to come to terms with what they just lived through. Um, and like, in a way, you know, I had a very interesting connection to this because this film, again, it's in Japan and stuff, but it's also a very Western film. is how they try to base it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the film, the black and tan war that we had touched on in uh, the one that shakes the barley. Yep. For the first time I realized that the West was won in the same way that the black and tan war was fought. It was these guys that were mostly veterans of horrible conflicts taking it out on these indigenous populations. And it's very interesting to me to like make that click and then to bring these advisors to different countries to basically do the same thing, i.e. Japan, right. you know, because they really tried to play into that trope of just like, you know, destroying an insurgency. Kind of like in a sense of like, you know, Vietnam-esque, like, you know, you're going, same tactics, Indochina, Vietnam, whatever. Little annoying, destroying but, an insurgency. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's just interesting how, like, you know, you just 65 America's fucked. Or it's not, you know, we won the war, but we have the, all these Oh, no, guys, that was, the, the American Civil War was the end of this country, in my opinion. That's a different topic, but, like, that's here's the thing is that, topic, but. <laughs> no, it, I mean, that was, it. we have not recovered from that, even nowadays, if you look at it, if you really want to get into that. But, like, no, so at. Well, no country recovers from a civil war, but, yeah. Why don't you, why, why don't you shut your fucking mouth, Yankee? Yeah. So, wow. who won? But no, fuck? that that's why it's like okay, so we're expanding west and it's like at that point we go, well, why don't we expand around the fucking world? Yeah. You know, why don't why don't we go there? We've already beat the shit out of each other for 5 fucking years. Mm-hmm. 
let's make some money. Let's get some influence. Yeah. Let's get some resources. Let's do this. It's like uh, basically a lot of the American arms dealers realized that there was not going to be a lot of fighting. And there would be some, you know, whatever in the West. But <laughs> I forget. It was Hotchkiss. Uh, he was an American. Yeah. Grew up in my hometown. Or not hometown, but he's like 10 minutes away from where I live. And he was told in 1868 to go to Europe to make a machine that, quote, will cut those Europeans in half so they'll buy it. Because you know, we had just went through this horrible war, so America didn't want to fight. So Hotchkiss goes over to Europe, and you might have heard his name, <laughs> you know, for all the things that they made. But Hold uh, on. it's very interesting. Well, right we got to wait for this fucking clock. It, it just puts me in a foul fucking mood. <laughs> like, if that was in my house, I would be, I'd literally go insane. And then when Sean I'd try gets to married, it. it's going to be his, my wedding gift to him. It's going to be great. Can't wait. He but, hates uh, that. Cl- well, let, let's his- get let's get the man married as soon as humanly fucking possible. <laughs> he, then he he he's so funny. He <laughs> we we start a COVID. I'm like just starting to like get to know like Sean like for real playing games. And Brian, I guess, had plugged the clock back in, and I just hear Sean going, "You plugged that fucking thing back in." Oh my god! <laughs> and now it's playing Christmas tunes. Yeah, it's got a Christmas. Tune. I mean, how fuck? Let's. Good God. <laughs> You do this on purpose. That's the thing. Is like, it's, great. it's oh my god, it's fucking, it's the worst. And you didn't make a deal about it. It would have muted it a long time ago. Well, no, like I, I, I cut around it in the episode, but you can tell when the when the sound kicks in because you can hear me go that fucking clock, and I keep that in every time. You know, the clock noise gets taken out in the post processing oh, stuff. Funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, but um, shit. Where was I? Get back into it. Yeah. So it's just interesting how, you know, 65 happens and then Mm -hmm. you just, the conflicts move away from the Americas. You know, you you have some things in the West, but then it it turns into this, you know, world building thing. Um, You know, Europeans are cutting each other's throats. Japan is really trying to turn itself into something, you know, along with every other nation colonizing the world. But uh, Well, they see the writing on the wall because of all this shit going on in the world or in the West. Yeah. And yep. thus, that's why you have this interesting, you know, growth of Americans going abroad and, you know, doing things with these training armies and other nations yeah. and other nations as well. You know, like the French, they had a mission they sent to Japan. And that's actually where the character was based off of for um, Tom Cruise. He was this French guy that was helping train a guard for the Shogun at the time. And there, he was there during the Meiji Civil War. And uh, they ended up, long story short, taking the whole army out of the main island of Japan. Because remember, Japan is a group of islands. And they yep. went to Honshu, Four big ones. the northernmost island, which is also known as to be the coldest. And uh, they just took it over. So while the Meiji Empire, for a while, had the southern three major islands, um, the northern island of Honshu was actually its own Japanese shogun-like republic. Uh, until mm. it was invaded later on, and then whatever. But So that's like kind of the, the world that this film takes place in it's a very like you said mike a very interesting time um you know it's pre smokeless powder but it's right. post all these other things so you, it really is the beginning of the arms race that leads up to 1418 you know oh oh yeah you know like we have to keep making things that's gonna fuck them up like the label like let's make the best rifle in the world so that when we go to war with the germans we're ready and you know they kind of did but um it's just a very interesting time and so thus you have this little medieval society trying to go ahead a thousand years and in a all these very short amount of time yep. yeah, what, wasn't know. it like 40 years later they're they're doing the russian the russian japanese war 
Well, the first one was think, in 1905. So less, so less than years. 30 years. It's 51 yeah. years from Commodore Perry to um, the Russo-Japanese War. So, which is insane. Mm-hmm. 50 years. Think of 1950 to 2000. Yeah. Like, you know, how much the world changed. And Japan basically did that tenfold in the Gilded Age. <laughs> So like it's just oh I forgot about growth. Matthew Perry right that was that's his name yeah, yeah. and it's funny too not the guy from Friends but yeah <laughs> it's funny how much <laughs> of, a, of a connection that um, Japan and America have that yeah we have had over time because and whatever for December seventh <laughs> well we did blow the we did you know expose Japan to the West you know, Commodore Perry and his fleet and everything. Yeah. And then we had a lot of trades and everything. You know, it's very interesting. And then, we, of course, we had the Second World War. But then we rebuilt Japan. You know, we we helped out build their economy back up. So that's something else that I realized in this film randomly. I'm just like, wow, America and Japan really have a, an interesting connection. And we really only are the superpowers of the Pacific. Traditionally, the last 200 years. Yep. Britain and Australia, whatever. You know, China was initially... The, the, and the, the Dutch for a little bit. Oh, obviously, they're, they're different parts. But if you really do think about it, since but the big ones, yeah, yep. America and Japan have been the two biggest influence in the, at least the North Central Pacific, and especially after the First World War, when most of the colonies get taken over, especially the German colonies, Carolina Islands and stuff, and yep. Japan starts to expand, especially in China. It's just very interesting how you know it's like they are the Pacific powers, they are the Pacific players, and um, we are very closely connected. We have been for a very yes. long time, so. Well, that's why, like, you know, when you go forward to Pearl Harbor, a lot of people that weren't in the know couldn't figure out why Japan would do that. They're like, what the fuck? You guys, we're, we're like trade partners. What are you doing? Yeah. There was a lot of lead up and everything. And they weren't in the know about the the backdoor politicking and the, the shady shit that was going on behind the scenes. That's why everybody's like, why the fuck would they attack us? What did we do? Yep. We're friends. Like, you know, and yeah, so that explains a lot of that. And it's. I mean, there's so many other factors, but yeah, it's the U S and Japan going back to that because I get, I don't know if it's because I guess we were one of the first or the first outsiders to like basically force contact and force entry into their world that they had been trying so fucking hard to, to isolate from, you know, the rest of the world because of this exact shit that had happened way in the past. And they're like, no, we don't want any outside influence, you know, meddling and fucking with us. We can take care of our own problems. Nobody's allowed in or out. And that was working for them until it was like, well, I guess it didn't work for them. It's interesting, too, because like, you know, even before this era of the 1800s and Japan expansion, you do have some foreigners end up in Japanese culture and are accepted and get trained as samurai. And there was a very famous Englishman in the 1600s. He ended up there as like shipwrecked. And then he learned the language and became a samurai. So the very famous guy in the earlier 16th century, I think he was a like a African slave. I don't know. If he, I didn't think he came from the West. He came from like a, an English slave ship that got sunk. And he ended up becoming a samurai. They're actually making a movie about him right now. I know Chadwick cool. Boseman was going to be in that, but obviously, unfortunately, he passed away. So it, it's been a while. But it's interesting how like they've had these, you know, throughout time, one or two gaijin, I want to call them, foreigners, have been accepted into the culture. But as a whole fucking take your ship and get out of here. <laughs> you know, right. you're not getting into this place at all. And they really try to protect that until wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Here's some cannons. We're in fucking Yokohama. So, yep. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty cool. And so as far as the film is actually, 
Yeah, I mean, that's a fucking tragedy. So anyway, um, <laughs> as far as the film is concerned. Um, um, yes, yeah, now we've I, ranted I, about I, everything else and set the stage. No, uh, um, no, but so I, I'm just going to say that the film itself, like you said, now that I have a different perspective on like actual <laughs> filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, it was done. It was shot very well. I mean, it's very professional. Obviously, it was a freaking a pretty high budget production, if I do remember correctly. Right? Let's see what. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, well, I'll just jump into it. Um, yep. The fucking the first time you see the samurai attack is so cool because I forgot yeah. how amazing samurai armor is. And like the face shields and everything. Yeah, they don't hold oh, back so... on the uh, on the no no no, no 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 yeah. no. And that's I think that it says really a hundred. It's, well, it says a hundred million and a hundred and forty. So maybe it's between those two. Maybe that's what they said the budget was. Yeah. Maybe they spent less. But maybe it's two production companies. Too. Okay. Well, this one says this one says a hundred million and it made four hundred fifty six million. Wow. Yeah, this one says four fifty four yeah. worldwide. So yeah, that's a good good fucking profit. I mean, the budget's definitely there for sure. Um, oh for sure yeah but it was so cool to see that and i was very impressed um yeah it was it was very well shot and then the flags on their backs too that was cool now whether that now now whether that armor is correct though i am afraid i don't know enough of that i don't know either that either so i'm sure there's some some very good because it's late because it's late maybe there was an amalgamation of things that were used like this is just well yeah i don't know i mean i'm talking my ass right now but um at least to a western viewer it looked really cool and mm-hmm. like fucking insane you know i just i really like that and also ken watanabe the the guy that plays the yep. the samurai general he's so yep. amazing like he's probably my ken, favorite ken, Japanese ken actor. ken watanabe is really good and also um i'm gonna butcher his name oh god what's his name um <sighs> hiroyuki sanada it's the guy who plays the dude who beats him up with a stick Yep. Oh yeah, he's very. He's awesome. I love him in everything he ever does. Yeah, Yeah, he does. He's he's so good in everything he does. He he was really awesome in The Last Samurai, and I just watched a new HBO show that came out that I love called uh, Tokyo Vice. It's about this uh, reporter in a. He's also in Westworld too as a samurai. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's I haven't seen Westworld yet. I've seen the original. He's really um, good in it too. He's just an amazing actor, and like I really, I just really respect his craft and how he's able to play these. these he's going to you know, be in the new. Japanese he's going to be in the so new John well. Wick. He's going to be fighting Donnie Yen. Oh, that's going to be cool. so. It's I'm I'm like super excited. for that. I am very excited for that. Yeah. Oh my so, god! Oh my god! John Wick. Uh. John Wick's going to like get his ear cut off. <laughs> yeah. Something. You know. He's gotta uh, get I will. I will but, tell you though. Right now, uh, best character in the whole entire movie, Billy Connolly. So everyone, shut your mouth. I will not hear anything. <laughs> he's pretty good. I will not hear anything bad about that man. With his Winchester, dude, he's so good. I love him. Yeah, yep. Yeah, too bad he gets fucking spiked. He right gets away. shish kebobbed. He says that. Yep. He says that too. He's like, yeah, I liked being in the Last Samurai for the five minutes I was in it. Right. <laughs> like, he's that like, was... he's always like, I fucking was killed off way too early. I wanted to be in that more. No. But it, it it's it fits well with the with the arc. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the death of the because you don't expect the veteran soldier to get killed. Yeah, you know, and it's like whoops. <laughs> but so, he goes out in a you know blaze of glory, blaze of glory, yeah, or a lever of glory. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, could have been could have been lasting a little bit longer, but yeah, got fucking spiked. But no, uh, and the it was cool that scene of like you know, even even if those guys were well trained, those soldiers and everything. After that first volley, if they've got fucking muzzle loaders, yeah. If you got cavalry charging at you like that, you got mounted guys 
not much you can do. Well, it's a very <laughs> interesting um, juxtaposition of, uh, let's say, uh, Rourke's Drift, you know, Zulu. Right. Compared to this. And it just comes down to discipline and standing your ground. Yep. I mean, you're, they're both fighting, quote unquote, native, you know, fighters. Yep. Um, and native tactics. And it's like, just fucking stand your ground and trust your weapons and have good officers. But well, they've got bayonets, so they could have gotten the first row of horses, but then what? Oh, yeah, you know? Right, you know? Once but, you get through that first line, you're fucked. Yep. That's so, the thing. It's just having yeah. troops that waver. And that was the one thing I did like with Tom Cruise, where he's just like, shoot me! <laughs> like, the guy gave Yo, it. Jay. Like, they're not ready. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wants, yeah. he got nothing to lose in that in that situation. Oh, yeah, he's, he's literally like, die. Like, I want to die. You know, like, fucking. Yeah, just, just fucking kill me. me. And yeah. you're not going to, so fuck you. Right? Soccer! What? what? Soccer! Um, the one thing I will say is like, and you guys can counter me if you want, but I think what this movie does really well is character development. Yep. Even the cliche, uh, I killed your husband and now you're, you're with me now. I uh, love interest. Yeah. Cliche as hell, but it's still like they touch on, I don't know if it's because it's because it's, it's from, I, I wonder if the story, if this character development really does really well because it is, they are really showing, to a Westerner's eye, I guess, a Japanese culture, very much mysterious and hidden. And that the fact that you're, they're giving light to that culture and that, and that lifestyle and that whole entire thing. I wonder if that's maybe what makes it so much like they have really strong character development, but that is one thing that really stands out with this movie entirely is you start to really want to know more and really start to understand all these other characters that are involved with this. And right. they don't like if I were to compare it with Dancing with Wolves, it's like I almost feel like that this movie Dancing with Wolves. What did I say it wrong? Yeah, it's dances. Uh, dances with, with, wolves. with wolves. Okay, fine. Dances with wolves. I <laughs> get <laughs> yeah, dancing with wolves. Yeah, we'll dance with wolves. Dances with wolves. <laughs> dancing with wolves. Um, <laughs> is that is that you are seeing that they are really showing the form how formidable this whole entire culture is you know the the whole like the whole like um monologue of him like writing in the diary saying like you know from the moment they wake up to the moment they lay down they're 100 percenting going into a craft like it's very interesting to see that and i don't know why it why when it comes from tom cruise's mouth it hits me so hard but it's like it's like that that (laughs) that it's different but because it's it's, no it's like you're under his fucking spell, dude. <laughs> you get that feet count up. So what level of Scientology yeah, cleansing have yeah, you ever Yeah, yeah it's Scientology. Yeah, and he's, how many feetins do you he's have? Jumping on my couch right now. Sixty thousand. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, is that my point is that I think the movie does a really good job with 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 really really painting those characters and making you care. Because by the end of it, you care that the son gets gunned down on a bridge. You know. Yes. And oh, everything for else. Everyone except for that captain who gets fucking samurai swords. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't, you, you don't know. care about him becoming a literal sword in the stone. You really don't. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, <laughs> it, but it is interesting, and, and even how at the end the characters, um, like the Japanese army, did bow to the death of them, and who knows what happened or not. But again, civil wars are messy. I think it's more like, like it's more like the 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 bushido honor and paying, you know warrior's oh. death kind of more thing than that but yeah i agree for sure you know but it's just again civil wars are messy and it's like 
like Mike had said earlier, you know, we hadn't fully healed from ours 160 years ago. Um, and countries never really do when that rift occurs. Mm. It's, uh, but all you can do is reconcile and hope to find a way forward. Even though Jebediah was gunned down by you Yankee bastards at Cold Harbor. <laughs> so. I wasn't there. I don't give a fuck. Hey, fucking he was, son of a bitch. He, he was Iron we- Brigade. Fuck. <laughs> he was wearing a hardy hat. Um, a fucking awesome hat. What can I say? <laughs> but I will say this though: the ninja attack was a bit hokey, but it was cool. I was just gonna bring that up. Also, yeah, yeah it, it was fucking weird. The fighting um, in the houses was cool, like when they're cutting through the paper and shit. Like that was neat. And how the little kid was like, oh, "I'll get the sword," and then like you know, almost gets murdered a bunch of times. But realistically, that kid would have been fucking doa. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy like, was just sitting there like, "Pick yeah. it up, come on, buddy, come yeah. on." And how everybody like went around him and like people were just getting arrowed to death. And I'm like, that's it. Cause it's just interesting how like, you know, the, the village, you know, he's the asshole. Yeah. So everyone protects him. But so parts of it were well done and it was interesting. I know why they did it. That That's a Hollywoodism oh, yeah. through and through. Oh, yeah. If I oh, remember like, correct- how do we fit ninjas in here? You know? And, and, then, and then they just keep coming in through the doors, like yeah, just right? fucking and piecemeal. Like they could have had a better plot device to have that happen. I feel like, you know, you, you could have figured out a better way but it is interesting it isn't isn't that that, like 100 years too late or too i honestly have no idea if i remember correctly i think ninjas i think the timing doesn't make sense for ninjas and i don't think they were even a thing at that point or i could be misremembering another movie but if i remember correctly i think the time i think the i think that time eras don't line up and but it would make sense because the samurai and the ninja cult quality, because ninjas were peasants. They were peasants. That's mm. why all their weapons are, you know, knives and farm equipment with like chains on them. I mean, that's literally what some of them are. They're literally like um, uh, scythes with like chains. So that's some of the ninja weapons. Like if I remember correctly, nunchucks. Huh. No, not nunchucks. Um, there's like a weapon that has like they're like two little mini size and they have like chains on them or they have like stuff like that but it's like it's like it's no like chucks but it's got like blades yeah the point is is that the ninja like weapons ninja weapons are cheap affordable and easy to hide and and replicate with with farm equipment if I remember correctly so and they also make necks explode when you hit them with a shuriken <laughs> just yeah right <laughs> oh I use a shuriken to open up my uh, watermelon yeah so yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you're you able touch to- it and just go. <laughs> Oh, look at the diamond knife. Yeah, the, the blood work, the 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 prosthetics and shit like that on this one. Yeah, not well, not the best. You have to though, because they're trying to upplay the swordness and like the goriness, you know. The like, fucking like the guy popping of the heads just like, like, like a like, fucking he kills the bone. one guy with like the scar on his face. And, yeah, like, yeah. He falls over and his head's still the there head. and then it falls like Whatever, it's like right. Darth Maul. It's fucking <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, same around the same time period. That must have been a yeah, thing in Hollywood. Really like, they yeah. um, I uh, so so I uh, I I was watching the movie on Plex, and they had a bunch of behind the scenes stuff tied to it, and so I watched a lot of special effects stuff. So I have a whole like mm-hmm. tangent uh, about that to go over some stuff and some examples. You know what's funny? I think Kill Bill came out around the same time. Yeah, just did. I think 04. Kill Bill was one and was it one? Wow. Uh, hold on. Before I'm, I love Kill Bill. I'm fighting and Japanese lovers here, so if I say the wrong thing, so I love Kill Bill, and I, you know, no, nope, really same year, 2003. I figured I knew it was around that time. I actually remember. Holy I'll be shit! A I remember seeing that in theaters. Kill Bill only had a budget of 30 million. Dude, it's fucking Tarantino. He, he, he fucking you know, make gold out make? of 
lead. I've never seen Kill Bill because there's so many fucking fanboys that tell me, you have to see Kill Bill. And I just, every time somebody says that, I want to see it less and less. It might. I'll make a suggestion that if you ever hit the chance, you might want to check it out. I'm not going to say oh, it in like, you have to do it, but I'm just like, the same. It, no, but I think it's it's a, time. it made 180, that, so. by the way. Dude, Kill Bill. I didn't like the second one, okay, but oh my God, the first Kill Bill is so good. Yeah. I just, and I, it, I think it did, not to go off on a tangent, but I think it was really good. And so this week, J Law, fucking, did you guys hear about the controversy? She had an interview the with The fact Variety, that you said J Law makes me hate you more. Oh, sorry. Jennifer Lawrence uh, <laughs> this week had an interview with, uh, well, I don't know what the term is, but I don't know any actor's name or actress's names, but she had this uh, spat with Variety because she said in an interview that um, she was the, when she was put in Hunger Games, she was the first real lead in a action movie. And the internet blew up. They're like, you ever fucking hear of Uma Thurman or Sigourney Weaver? Like all these other people that came yeah. 30, 20 years before you. But it was just interesting yeah. to see that. And then like, you know, I again, 20 years almost for kill bill like that's always been a film i'm like it's amazing it's i don't even care it's a female antagonist or the lead. first like, it's lead. awesome yeah in a, a <laughs> first, first female lead in an action movie oh She's, my god that's be, fucking she must be dude, turbo and it's like the dude everybody's ripping her a new one it's great variety deleted all the tweets and stuff and it's it's been very interesting <laughs> but yeah so kill bill is just interesting to compare like the to bring it back um like the the sword play because i feel like that's really well done Especially like the the last one, like where they they fucking cut her leg or something, and she's limping. Like the very subtle ways that they were able to show that, like, oh, you walk away, but you're you're wounded. Compared to like this, where it's like more, ah, you know, swordplay Hollywood at times. One you know? mind, so Brian. One mind. There's gonna be. <laughs> I really want some weeaboos in the chat to tell us how the swordplay was incorrect in detail because I do not know. I'm sure, it's and I bad. know you guys. I know you guys have your set of katanas, tantos, and, and whatever, and your shurikens well, on your wall. It was, it was cool, though. You know how? Um, no, it, it was cool. I loved it, but like cool. again, I, I I can't tell if it's incorrect. It, oh, no, correct. But it's the same though, problem. It's the same does, problem we have with other films, where it's like we know it, but other people may not know it. But then it's vice versa on us. It's like you know, yes. When he does approach swordplay with the whole sword and everything, you notice he's he's using one hand. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah, because that's, that's an American, it's a Western, exactly, American yeah. thing. So yeah. it's interesting how like they do show you know two hands over time. Like, just, well, and he also is holding the katana correctly. He's just kind of your 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 um, non dominant hand is the guide on top that you hold it kind of loosely and you guide yeah. it with the rear hand. I do know mm-hmm. that much. Yeah, I'm not a fucking expert, but then he was holding it correctly, and then they were actually doing the the slicing, mm-hmm. like the pulling and slicing, like you're supposed to use it. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That was a nice little touch. All I know but, is that I have a World War II Japanese sword, one of the mass-produced ones I've had forever, and all I wanted to do is play with it when I watch this movie. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to ruin my TV or something. But I'm uh, like, Dude, I tried to buy three of them over the course of the weekend, and all of them are over 800 bucks. Yeah, good expensive. luck. Dude, they're, it's, ins- oh, well, yeah. it's because Ian McCollin came out with a sword book, so now everything's... Yeah. I didn't know that. So. Gone to the wind. Well, that's the sword Sean's going to be using. So. <laughs> nice. It was so at the end. It was very cool to see tactics and how they weren't just like you know, hi, we're gonna be you know, civil war battle that every movie ends in like Napoleonic. This. Yeah, yeah. It was very cool how like you know they pulled back and defense in depth and use your terrain and you know make them feel like they're winning and that's again, box that's the only box the win. box exactly. the front guys in cut them off. Yep. Understand your assets in a defensive situation and then use them to your maximum, you know. And, it, and it you got to have cool. brass. You got to have fucking really heavy balls to do what they did, too. You, you got to know <laughs> when to the instigate big attack. Yeah, you know, because all those yep. dudes are getting mowed down are the archers. And it's like, well, you, every every second you're losing manpower. 
So when you I love that when that, he's like when he's asking uh, Tom or Algren, he's like, "What happened with the uh, Warriors at Thermopylae?" And he goes, "Dead to the last man." And he smiles, and then they fucking go. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, well, that's that's fucking hardcore. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. You know, that was their, that was very interesting. That was the culture. You know. Um, yep. Even again, that's why that was funny juxtaposition because you know that's Bushido. That is like you know you fight to you you kill ten Americans and then you take a hand grenade and you put it against the chest like good soldier, you know it's just very interesting how okay let's go and the West was completely different and how even oh yeah um they have uh what is his name I fucking forget it. Ben or I'm getting it wrong right but the the Japanese general you know he's uh he even said like you know they were talking about the prisoner and they're like he should kill himself you know this he has a bunch of honor and he was like well they're different. So it's interesting to see, like, you know, yep. it, someone from Asia, from the Orient, I will say, because the, the Orient and the West have two completely different ways of thinking. They've always have been. And the only way to understand it is if you really live in each culture. So each of us is very hard to understand the other. Um, but it was very interesting to see that, you know, show how, how much you knew about the West and respected it to the point where it's like, you no, know, you can get more by respecting their ways than yep. just killing somebody and imposing our way on them. Um, again, you know, whatever that might be like a trope. Like, look at the look at the savages with their medieval stuff. They're going to kill everything. Um, but uh, it was just interesting, you know. Like, there's value in, look at the in this. savages with their medieval stuff. They're going to kill everything. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way a lot of people thought that weren't part of that culture. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, and unfortunately, both ways because you just don't get the other side you know well that's here's the thing too is like you know that that could have been a trope it could have been bullshit but like um i don't know if if i if i if you look back on you know in many cultures western it's just a pretty universal theme that i've noticed in in reading old stuff semi-old stuff modern stuff the the best military leaders and leaders in general of a people uh whatever if they're actually if they're actually intelligent and give a fuck about their people and, you know, protecting and providing for said people, they seek to learn about new cultures. So they understand it. So they go, okay, if we ever have to fight these fuckers, we at least know where they're coming from and we can counter it with that. And what does it hurt to know a different culture? You don't have to practice it. No, fuck no, you don't have to do that. But if you know about it and you you can understand it, well, that puts you in an advantage because then if they don't understand your culture and you go there and you, you understand theirs, well, that breaks down a huge wall. And then they go, holy shit, how did you know that? That's why when he started speaking English to Algren, and it's kind of more broken at the beginning, he goes, yeah, I just want to I just want to basically learn English from you. And, you know, you just want to talk to me. That's why you're keeping me alive. And then they have a, they have a different conversation. And, you know, the conversation is, you know, the Japanese culture of like, okay, the conversation's over. We've, I've gotten all I need out of this. So we'll talk later. No, 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 no. But all right. You know, he keeps yeah. going and he realizes that he's not going to get anywhere. And it's just kind of interesting. But yeah, it's like, what if you're smart, why the fuck would you not take advantage of that? How many opportunities are you going to have? Because this isn't just a Jap- Imperial Japanese soldier that you captured. This is an American advisor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. They're there. the one, they're the ones that are going to be teaching these guys how to fight. Mm-hmm. Not the not the Imperial Japanese army, because obviously they can't fuck. We know they 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 want to fight and we can fucking counter that. But now the Americans are teaching them their method of warfare. So I'm going to take advantage of that while I can. Mm-hmm. that's very smart it's a very interesting good move that's very old so. oh yeah that shows a true statesman you know yep. the, the ability to, to do these things i'm gonna call yeah. you bob are you bob are you angry because they make you wear a dress 
yes that was great oh god yeah and 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 when he dies you're like bob Mm. yeah yeah Yeah, that was that was i think yeah Yeah, he says no i don't think he does he says his screams he says his last name and then he runs up and takes a bullet to the chest and kills the dude and falls over he's like bob yeah i'm gonna name you and to be fair the, the whole like last battle scene Hollywood. Yeah, the tactics were cool and everything. Dude, that fucking thing could have been cut down so it's much. It's showmanship. Like, it's 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 Oh, it's the sh- yeah. so and it was just the 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 okay, we've got the Gatling guns firing. Okay, we get it. It's a quick and you know, no magazine changes, but that's just a small minute detail. Um, you know, they only hold like Dude, there is a fucking boomerang actor in that back left-hand quadrant of that shot. Oh, did you? Yeah, you saw the 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 Wilford Brimley like me, fucking oh, well, caterpillar. Oh, so well, no, the, oh, that, that's that, do you know that's Herschel from Walking Dead? Did you know that? Is what? Yeah, the guy, the 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 uh, the dude from who's the uh, oh no, no no, I'm talking about the guy in the last part of the battle, the guy that's standing behind. He's fucking gargantuan, and he's got this big gray fucking like well, bristle. It, it brush. Maybe that's the, the one I'm talking about. Hold so on, the one the the, yeah. the 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 I know I know who you're talking the about. Diplomatic, yeah, and, no, I'm not. I'm not talking. Okay, I'm the, not talking about the him. diplomatic guy was Herschel uh, from Walking. Yeah, Down. I knew that. You yes. you and I, I think are thinking of the same guy. Let me let me share my screen here, and I'll show you because I have it up here. Um. Oh yeah, I, I know we're thinking of the same guy. Yeah, and just quickly now that we're on the the editing thing i don't feel like the battles were too long i feel like whatever i get it but i feel like you know there was a bit between um like the 90 minute and the two hour mark that really could have been cut out like i feel like if they cut 15 minutes out of this film it would have been a lot quicker and easier to understand and get the same exact points across um but it did you know was annoying at times uh, it, it was just a lot of these parts seem to be drawn out unnecessarily. I, I understand why you would draw out a part. I get that, but like that. Oh yeah, and I, well, I love to see the horses getting killed. I mean, I don't want to see yeah. animals die at all. They never do that in movies. They but, don't. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> if you think about, um, you know, uh, War Horse, and again, it's a PG thirteen film. You know, they have mm-hmm. the one scene where they run through the machine gunners, and it's horses with no men on them, and it's very powerful. Whenever, but it is yep. again, you know, it's. Ho- Animals also suffer. That's the guy I'm talking about okay, with the oh, Wilford wow. Brimley fucking bristle muscle. Do you have diabetes, Mike? I have diabetes. <laughs> Call Liberty Medical. Yeah. They can help you live yeah. a better I, life. I'll that is that is such this. a reenactor because he puts it in backwards and he goes like, he, he says like a command and he like switches it over. But he's like very much like no, not no, panicked Nathan. at the fact that Nathan. there's something coming. No, no, I figured it out. That's the guy that owns the Gatling gun. That's what I... That's, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that next. Yes, yeah. yeah that's the yeah. guy. Yeah, he said, I uh, need to watch over and make sure my property's right. not mishandled. He doesn't even have a, you guys, he even have a revolver in his holster, if you look. Does it? I thought he did. I don't see a... Uh, so, and I love how they're holding in one fucking spot and the rounds are impacting, like... 180 degrees around the fucking that's, battlefield. That's just movie, yeah. I I know all the all the fucking little little um what are they called the the not yep. the squibs but like the little uh, so, what the fuck are they called the things have to go off. So, so these are because we're on it now. You know, I got a lot in a very good way. I got a lot of We Were Soldiers vibes from this film. Like you know, the last charge. And no, then... completely. Like the whole thing from if oh. you look at the arc of We Were Soldiers, you look at the arc of this. Obviously, they're two different films, different conflicts, but. I wish they would have had. Um, I wish they would have had the firing rate not be as consistent. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, because, you know what I mean? Recording. Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because they're. I know they it they did. They just kept. It looping should be it. fast yep. and then slow because your arms getting tired. You know. Yeah, and like it, it should be like because some, and some of the rounds don't chamber super fucking smooth. Oh, and oh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it'll it'll be yeah, harder so. on the crank, and so it's like. Like it's really if you ever heard a Gatling gun, I've heard multiples of them being shot, and they none of them are consistent. That sounds like a fucking nineteen seventeen water cooled. Yeah, like it's so automatic motor. Exactly, but that's 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 a good point. Yep, there is that's the only critique. But you could tell that they fucking just they did one recording that sounded good, and they just kept looping it over and over again. And if you think about how your hand works, regardless of mechanism, you know you're always going to be bigger on the downward slope than the upward slope. Yep, and you are going to get tired. There's a lot of factors. Exactly, it's still going to be you're you're going to have a fucking lead shower going out there. But like, oh yeah, it's not it's not going to be super consistent like that and that was a little bit fast that was a lot faster than 200 rounds per minute that they claimed um so but i mean that's just me being a fucking pedantic piece of shit like i always am but like it's that was one thing that i think they could have done better on is just the the gatling gun itself because like everybody's gonna be you know having a wet dream and like jerking off to the gatling Mm -hmm. gun because that's the thing oh gatling gun it's like well they're heavy they're fucking come yeah they're cumbersome they're fucking it's an artillery piece yeah exactly it's a it's a very 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 um it's a big liability to have yeah. one of those on the battlefield well, well that's why they're like custers are fucking idiot gatling guns are fucking big little big hornets like that would slow him down so much how you know how it's the fuck so you much. have to bring four fucking horses got a battalion four of infantry extra. fucking yeah. you know or cavalry but it's just very interesting for you know that little things you know it's that's the thing that i think this movie suffers for little technical details like that you know it's mm-hmm. That's what you can really hold them to because it's like you could have made it cooler. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, Nate. So yeah. there's there's two there's a couple things that I've, I've even when I was 13, I laughed because I have an eye for 3D. I always wanted to do editing and 3D work. And I, I've done that in my adult life and I, I struggled to keep doing it as a career. But uh, thank you for your service. Thank you. <laughs> but I noticed these things. And um, so these this always makes me laugh every time because when when 3d stuff is bad it's bad and there so so there's two things so have you noticed when guys go off on the horses they're throwing you see them they throw their swords up in the air yeah like all theatrically that's not for any like specific thing that's to get the sword the fuck away from them yep because they're mm-hmm. gonna fall over yeah oh. and so huh. In this, you'll see everyone throwing their swords up in the air before they take the fall. But if you notice on Ken Watanabe's scenes and Tom Cruise's scenes, there are some strange abnormalities, and I'm going to show you them. Oh! <laughs> oh, wow. CG head. Oh, yeah. Normal body. Look at Tom Cruise's face. It's going to show it again. It's going to be, they'll cut the same scene again. Oh! <laughs> He's like a fucking so, orc. Yeah. <laughs> so was that a stunt double that they tried to? Uh, yes, it's a stunt double with with CG faces on them. Yep. Now back so, then, yeah. because I know there's a lot of tricks they do today. Like you know, me and Nate have talked about it in the past. Like, this is O three, so this is and, this is that was so, pretty good for O three. I will just say but that. How would that be done now at or? this time? Do you? Yeah, I'm just out of curiosity. I'm well, so like let's say Joe Schmo, I'm going to make him look like the beautiful face of Mike Birch. Me personally, my on my budgets of what I would do now in this day and age, money. This I, is Hollywood would, 2003. So how how would they do it? I just want to approach it like that. I like know how you would do like it. Like if but. I was in if I if I was in 2003, how would I do it? 
Yeah. I just how wouldn't would, show would his face. Oh, no, but how would... I'm sorry, Nate. I mean, how was this done back then? Because, like, Most I like, see the result and how bad it is. But, yeah. So was it literally just filmed and they would try to track it on the, on the, the image? Most, most likely the face, is or? that they, they either either they planned for it and they tracked their faces with dots, which I don't think they did. I think, yeah, I think they it's just, too early for that. I no, because uh, uh, Lord of the Rings was doing it at this time. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, that's right. So like Gollum and everything. Yeah. Like so, the technology yeah. was there. It's just can the production company afford it? Because hmm. that's the thing. The technology is there, but it might be too expensive for what they want to put into it for a shot that's literally what four seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, huh. and and remember, it's two thousand three. The resolution's not. 4k like it is now so it's like you know it, it's a little bit different i mean like lord of the rings effects are great but you can definitely see their age now because of 4k stuff that you couldn't see before but i mean mm. the thing is the, the reason why it looks weird is because they're 3d remaking tom cruise's face and trying to make the cheek realism match the same thing as the actor who is falling so mm. faking physics is very hard especially if you don't nail it right also the thing with that scene is lighting if i go to this shot here if i can get it freeze froze free framed again <laughs> light light if light doesn't match in 3d to the original shots you can notice it a whole lot more and in this scene it i just think it really that is the the reason why it doesn't work um i didn't catch it at all but i totally see it now see yeah. see oh, the way that see, how, see how his, his face is working see how his face yeah. is literally half an inch lower than the rest of his head Right there. Yep. That's that's a that's a tracking problem, and that's um, because and, and you're just, tracking, you know, a live face trying to match it. You know, and just for people, I mean, we have the advantage of having video playback, and obviously, you guys are listening to this. But if you want to look into this, this is about two hours and twelve minutes into the film during the uh, the big battle sequences. Uh, if you yes. just look at uh, two, Tom Cruise, two twelve oh nine, you can see what we're talking about. Um, but it's just it's interesting, you know. It's I didn't catch that at all, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his fucking wig's just falling off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's because it's because they're 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 probably just trying to match it to the and yeah, and again yeah. it's like if I were to do it now, I mean technology has gone crazy. I mean like I can do a deep fake in my own fucking basement, you know, and and that's the crazy and, thing. Yeah, and and yeah. And, and you know instead of recreating. <laughs> you know it's, wiggles i could probably get something close to that you know very cheaply it's really funny too i'm sorry i'm cutting you off but That's like okay. tom cruise is the biggest deep fake person of all today yes this is that one guy that deep fakes him all the time for like you know playing golf yes everything. hey i'm tom cruise you yeah know? yeah so it's hysterical how you know 20 years ago we're talking about this bad deep fake in a way and now he is mr deep fake but like so. even even ken on has got it too but it's probably because the stuntman oh, didn't sure. look like yeah. him so they wanted mm -hmm. to make it and again these are like three second shots this is super nitpicky and i'm not gonna this doesn't affect my score this is just it's no just this is, it's yeah. just interesting because it's what interests me and i always see it every time even in 2003 i would see it i'd laugh i go <laughs> well this shit's so forgivable as far as you know, again, you said it's three seconds. It does not take anything away. Dude, I would not have noticed that unless you said something, of course. Yeah. You know, the longer you spend in the editing booth, the more shit you see and the more shit you can, you're okay with forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's just, that, that is funny though. Like, <laughs> yeah. that I see it. Dude, face, their faces are as dark as their armor. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's, so, it's yeah. lighting. That's, that's why that, that shot does not, that's why, that's why I see it. The lighting doesn't match yeah. you're the totally rest right. of the body. So, yep. you know, <laughs> It's a great scene, though. It really, you know, again, yeah. how hard it must have been to get all those horses to fall, you know? Oh, Holy yeah. Shit. 
And that, I mean, a horse falling on your leg. Oh, with broken leg most of the time. Traditionally. Oh, yeah, God, these yeah. guys took yeah. some major hits, like falling. Oh, like, yeah. Horse stunt work is hard. And horse stunt work is dangerous. And it can go it's bad. A decent chunk really of the budget. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, a guy with a shotgun scene. in the background. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Brian. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I love horses. It's just the reality. I love the flags too. There are there is there is a lot of platoon waving around here, but uh, it's well, that's kind of like yeah, in a way it's in a, but it, but it, but it doesn't take you know? away from it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's good, all good. No. Yeah. Again, that that was sorry. That was my like little nitpicky thing. I wanted to jump out in editing. I know oh, it sucks so for an audio podcast, but yeah, if you go to two hours and twelve minutes, you'll find it. And I'll 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 put a link to a picture somewhere. I'm sure I can find it. Yeah, but um. No, it was just very well done in a lot of different ways. I like the editing. I like the style. Um, so as always, we're jumping on on IMFDB and uh, yeah, forty-four rimfire, oh, eighteen nice. open top. That's interesting. Removable cylinder? Or... I have no idea. <laughs> mullet Tom Cruise. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> everybody wore mullets in the seven K. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> It's like Theo Vaughn's great great grandfather. <laughs> Tell this man if he does not shoot me, I Except will kill hit, him. Tom Cruise's volume is a lot more robust. Yes. Theo's, so Ute! That's that's yes. about it. <laughs> Ute! Ute! Cult single action armies. Oh, okay. I really want one of those. Why Maybe do they, they call it 45 long Colt? It's 45 Colt. Like it's a proprietary. Because the gun is long, Mike. God. Well, they they did come in different <laughs> calibers, but, and they probably did use but, but, a 45 long Colt modern production gun. So that's probably yeah, why. That's probably why. But well, yeah, but like 45 Colt is that's it one was cartridge. Mostly like, like 38, yeah. 40, 45, 70. I forget what the standard ground of the cavalry was. 44 Winchester Centerfire is a pretty popular one too. Yeah. Old, old cowboys that what they would want to do the smart ones is you have the same uh, caliber for yeah, your pistol exactly. as your as your rifle. So you're all set to go. Um, but single the cavalry used army. SAAs. I love I love the, the single action models. army, only steel on my hip. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't fuck. know Schofield. Oh, I love Schofield. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I saw that in Red, the fog battle, yeah. Old Hollywood films and Red Dead Redemption is how I fell in love with all these firearms. So Well there, see again, like during the 1870s, well, basically the 1860s through the nineties, there was so much shit going on. I can't even fucking keep track. So that's something else I forgot to say. So the Smith & Wesson is very interesting in the Japanese history of firearms because they bought a ton of them from the West. And if you notice, there's a lot of similarities between this firearm and the Japanese Type 26 revolver. The Japanese mm-hmm. Type 26 revolver uh, literally was a smaller mm-hmm. version of this pistol because it was so popular in the Japanese uh, military. I think that they were chambered in 44 Russian. It's funny how it was a very, very, very big you know, frame revolver for... Yeah. You know, an, an Asian nation that, you right. know, stereotypically these people are have been shorter than everybody and they have this fucking hand cannon. There's actually a really good book called Hand Cannons of the Japanese Empire. And it starts with this and it goes to the Nambus and stuff. But uh yeah, it's this gun is very interesting very ingrained in the Japanese um Yeah, the type fourteen the is a big fucking handgun. Like they look small in pictures, the but twenty sixteen yeah, so, or no, I'm talking the Nambu type fourteen. The the oh. later oh. on. I mean, I'm just talking about their pistols in general are just fucking big. Well, uh, I'm, yeah, the 14 is big, and the 94 is actually small. If you if that one's fucking yeah, really... the Papa Nambu, yeah, the little one. No, 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 the one that, the side shot one, the, the the later one that came out. 
The tankers must type, use. Type 94? Nate, go up. We got to talk about this. <laughs> go off on a tangent. Um, yeah, the Type 94. The one that everybody says. Yeah, you that's what I'm talking about. Side. Yeah, it's the, it's oh, the, the smaller no, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Papa yeah, the and, the, and those Nambus, the, the Navy firearms of the teens. Yeah, they're a lot smaller. But the uh, the Type 94 is, is a little smaller. And that's the one that everybody says is a piece of shit because it's got an exposed sear. And yes, you can just press the sear and shoot it, but that didn't happen to me. Anyway. Um, yes, the uh, Schofield. It's a weird fucking pistol. They're very yeah. interesting. They do, like, if I cut off my pinky, it will fit in my hand perfectly. Like, <laughs> they're very small guns. Yeah, the Remington 1858 New Army. That was cool to see. They're heavy. Uh, oh, they're 45 caliber conversions, which was a popular you, you thing. Can, you can you can get conversions. Yeah, you can you can yeah. get the the uh, that's that's the conversion one, and then the but the ones I have are the ones with the nipples on them. So for cap and ball, yeah, um, yeah. So that was a big thing at this time too. They were trying to convert older firearms um, to to new styles of uh, you know muzzle or breech loading. Yeah, the trapper model that was cool. Seventy three uh, gun that won the West. Everybody talks about the 94 Winchesters and the 92s, but the real ones were the 78s, the 73s, and then you know, obviously the 66 Yellow Boys. Those are the real guns that won the West and the Marlins. Yeah, the full-length fuckers, too. The Trapper was, I mean, it's a carbine. Yeah. The full-length Sons of Bitches with, like, the, what is it, a 24-inch barrel? Yeah. Or 20... Winchester that was, gets you some distance. Winchester was really good at custom firearms for everything. Octagonal yep. barrels, this, that, and the other yep. thing. But a lot of these guns were modified by Cowboys. Because, like, they, if you notice, they have a dust cover over the top of the gun, and they were really shitty. So a lot of times, guys would solder on pieces of steel. They would clump the top of the receiver, so it would grab. You know, these guns were very heavily modified on the Frontier. And, yep, here's a full-length yep. 73. Yep. Oh, it's such a beautiful firearm. My father had one that was in a big caliber, like something in the 44 whatever. And we used to call it Big Medicine, an octagonal barrel and shit. <laughs> yeah, it it bums cool me out. Billy Conley's got Parkinson's now. He's like, oh, that's yeah. nice. He's pretty much retired. Yeah. Model eighteen sixty one. Yep. Rifled muskets. Those helmets are interesting too. Okay. I almost bought one of these actually a few <clears throat> years ago. I or I think it was last year. I think I sent Mike a picture. I was like, "What do you know?" Yeah, about these? yeah, yeah. He's like, "I don't know shit." <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know yeah, shit yeah. about them. It was like this type. It was that kind of type helmet. Yeah. You should wear that helmet, and then Mike B can get that Indian helmet he's won forever. No, that one's sold. That I'll, I'll get one eventually. A, a great, a great list. representation of uh, foreign military right here. Yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy. I don't see how that could be very effective. Little mm-hmm. tin fucking hats. Wow. Little triangle. Well, I was hat. thinking even the samurai traditionally had very interesting hats, and they touched on it a little bit. But they had, like the bull hats, and they had the other. Yep. Nothing was as traditional as like you know the fucking face shield. Oh, they had Enfields too from the uh, right. Duh, that makes sense. They would take everything from the Civil War and ship it over there. Yeah, yeah. surplus. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, they had so many fucking leftover arms, and they were trying to. They were trying to, you know, sell them to civilians and there wasn't enough people that were buying them. And they were like, okay, well, let's sell them to other armies. That's another misconstrued thing about the West while we're on it. Because this is, you know, American advisors. But, like, there was a lot of cap and ball into the early 1900s. Like, oh, God, It was yeah. very expensive for people to buy certain, like, you know, uh, cartridge firearms, we'll call them. So, well, that's why, like, poor people after the Civil War, like, on the frontier and shit could get a surplus you know, 1853 or some shit for pennies on the dollar because the yeah. government just, the government didn't want to pay to store them anymore because that costs more than they're actually worth. There's only something and, you can convert. 
And so they started just selling them to civilians and civilians are buying up because they're like, oh, I can get a cheap fucking firearm to feed my family. Awesome. And those days are gone too now. And there's tons of parts. Yeah, well, that's how a lot of these a lot of these organizations started um, was through like marksmanship programs like that. The government was like, here, just sell these to people. Get we can get a, a few bucks back and then we don't have to store them. And then all these parts too go, they go with them because we actually have parts from, which is a huge deal. If you're living on the frontier is parts. Oh yeah. And that, and those are expensive. And that's, and that's the problem. I think not since what the Gulf war surplus has not really been a thing from the next generation of retirement of, 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 of stuff to the, to at least in the States. Now they've stopped. Oh, well, no, what the problem is, is like, so not to get into like too much gun control shit, but like basically anything that's from the late fifties on when countries stopped using bolt action rifles as their primary like weapon, yeah. they started going to like semi-auto shit and upgrading. Um, that stuff by and large is not legal to import to the U S unless it's a cut parts kit. Even now it's more restrictive. So the surplus that we've been seeing is from mainly world war two and the years just after world war two. Right. Well, it's been 70 years now and most of that shit's dried up and the surplus still exists. We just can't get it. Okay. So that's, that's the problem with that. Okay. So like all those lures and STGs and G 43s that are Russian captures. There are just Russian arsenals that, you know, are going to get turned into staircases. At yeah. Russia and Russia definitely won't so. sell it to us now. So yeah. Nope. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The 1871. Yep. Yeah. 1871 are cool to see, but 84. Yeah. A different trigger guard. Interesting. Yeah, that was when 84 has just got the magazine, the tube mag in it. That was a screwed up scene. Tough cutting off that guy's top bow. Yep. Well, it's like, you know, the, the samurai were losing their status on the world. So, or, you know, yeah. within their, what they presume is their world. Like they were mm-hmm. getting lower even than the merchants at that point. And the soldiers, mostly peasants, you know, they're going to fucking get back. Yeah. What's funny too, is if you look at the way they're holding the, firearms you know the chicken wing in a way that's the right way to do it for the time yep you know sure. like, so it's interesting oh more mausers <clears throat> is it the same ones well the 71, 71 stocks a little bit and then the 84 they put a tube stock like kind of the lobel style underneath so the stock's a little bit beefier if you can mm-hmm. see that mm. oh that's the only difference i didn't yeah. notice so for the first part of the movie they have cap and ball and the second part of the movie, no no no, no. oh yeah, yeah 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 yes they yeah. do like the 71's a single shot you load it oh yeah each loading yeah but then the 84 has got the magazine so they can keep going i'm i'm trying to see if everyone's got one it looks like everyone does i think cool they ba- do yeah. yeah cool bayonets too yeah the gras bayonets gras hmm. style oh yeah you're On right the side, yeah, i was gonna yeah. say they are they look very french because they are oh <laughs> howitzer the mountain howitzer yeah mm-hmm those those don't look like mountain howitzers, but hey. Was it say the props at all? They probably are, but yeah. Uh, I mean, those are mountain howitzers are really light and compact, like that. And the ones that they have hmm. in the movie are not shiny, shiny. A lot of brass. Yeah. You know? Model eighteen seventy four. These particular guns were. These huh. particular guns. Oh, hold on. Here we go. So these particular guns were heavily repaired by Master Armor Gary Harper. Go Google him really quick. <laughs> Let's see if that's our. Uh, I'm gonna say. Our, uh, I'm gonna say Gary Harper. Dun 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 last dun, dun, dun dun dun. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. We oh, knew yeah. it. Confirmed. Fucking called it. Confirmed. Oh, he was SF. Go back. Go back. Look at that picture of him down in the oh, below right. that. Yeah. 
bottom right. We're in the beret. Yep. Green beret. Wow. Oh, cool. He was a SF. That's fun. Go go to the picture of his, go back to the picture of his like fruit salad. I want to see that look. Typical 80s, 90s. Yep, exactly. So that's cool. But that's funny how he literally called it out. Fucking. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. That's the guy, you know. Clockwork. Diabetes. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes, you yeah. do. If you want to have Gary Harper on your t-shirt, go to Boomer and Hashtag Sons. Boomer and Sons yeah. clothing. I but, know what uh, I got, son. <laughs> got that plug. But that's interesting. These particular guns were heavily repaired. Yeah. Well, they must have been original and, and or older reproductions or something. Because I know they've been Technically, they're the, not. A there it is. Master Armor, Gary Harper oversees the Imperial soldiers. They prepare <laughs> yeah. to fire them. Oh, it's that's probably, fucking funny. It's funny, you know, because he's literally probably making sure that they're not doing anything to fuck it up if he spent a lot of time fixing them. So, oh, know, yeah. That's that's a lot of money sitting right there. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh, I wonder, where do they film this? Because it where? did look very Japanese. Like it did, you know, the landscapes and everything. This is um, when they do their job really well and they say California. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it was California. <laughs> New Zealand. Oh, that makes There's sense. There's a lot of films shot That makes there. sense. Well, it, it it's very variable terrain. So that was the IMFTV. So I guess we're uh, on to closing thoughts, guys. Who wants to start? Yeah. Nathan, you start. Uh, nice notes. Thank you. You can see all my notes on my... Uh... <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Uh, I'm write that on things now. Yeah. Bullet um, point one, Tom Cruise. So... I'm glad I'm not the only one that uses notepads still. Yes, I, I use I've it. been told by by the authorities that only fucking idiots I and use retards this, use use notepads. I use a pen for, and paper, papyrus. It's only been out for a few thousand years. Yeah, but anyway, so we went to start. No, I mean, like, I mean, I, I've said everything pretty much. I've I've wanted to say and and complained about everything I wanted to complain about. I mean, I I I really really liked this movie. It holds up well. There have only only been a few things that. God didn't age well and, and 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 nothing in like you know no one's fault or anything it's just me knowing more about that era and that and the history surrounding that that time period it's like i know more now so obviously little things stand out like you know even though they said the line i still hold it against them for being like oh they didn't use guns and they didn't use stuff and they're just they're just you know savages with bows and arrows and you know we got to make them like you know super 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 underdog and kick their ass even though they only have bows and arrows and swords other than that it's really well edited i like the cadence of this movie i actually don't think it's too long you guys think it's i think both you guys said you thought it was just a little long it could be trimmed maybe yes. like 10 to 15 20 minutes out i don't think so i like it a lot um if you had to trim anything out i guess it would be the sun the whole sun like you know the prisoner conflict thing um with saving him because they had to show like the emperor has no balls and he's caving under you know the the western influence society and i get it but if you really had to trim something you could trim that whole prisoner scene and the whole no. like nate likes some long we know that <laughs> and wide anyway <laughs> i like i like this movie a lot i'm gonna give it a uh uh, tragic moving on um i'm gonna give it wow. i'm gonna give it up anyway an eight eight out of ten screen mel gibson's it, it holds up really well and uh i really like the acting all the way around and uh yeah 
It's a really, really cool movie. It's it's probably I hate that clock Whoa. to death. Uh, Sean, let's meet up, steal it, and smash it with hammers. Anyway, eight out of ten screw Mel Gibson's. <laughs> and uh, I pass the uh, the talking pillow to Mike yeah. B. Guess I I don't have a fucking choice now because like oh god. Um. Anyway, yeah. So points you made. Yeah, and, and you know it's. I, I view this as like I said last week as entertainment and not necessarily a play by play of what happened. And I like entertaining films. That's big portion of what they're designed to do. And this one does, cause it's very entertaining. Um, I don't like him as long as Nate does, but you know, yes. it's, I see why he does. <laughs> Those country and boys, they, they kind of one and done, you know, they don't, they don't yeah. got a lot of time. Yeah. Um, Two but, pump chump. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit long, a little bit, but whatever. It, it, if that's the worst thing about it, which I think it was, which isn't that bad, that's not a big deal. Um, there are a few little technical areas, like there are in literally every film. Like there's not going to be a film that doesn't have them. They're all forgivable, in my opinion. And yeah, it's entertaining, and it does kind of um, open up people that probably wouldn't otherwise know that shit was going on in the 1870s. Might open them up to go, oh well, maybe I'll go do a little Google search and go down a little rabbit hole today. So that's really cool. Um, the acting was okay. I don't think Tom Cruise, like the more I see of his stuff, the older I get, the he has to play a very specific role for me to think he's really good. And in this Forte! one, <laughs> what? Shoot me. Okay. Okay. I ruined your flow. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that, that's fucking fine. Nate. Again, it's your world. Now we're just living in it. It's so. your podcast, Nate. So. Yeah. It's your podcast. Um, <laughs> But no, anyway, so it's like his acting, it's whatever, but it's Tom Cruise. Everybody knows him. It, it is what it is. He got the point across, I guess. Um, there was some cheesy shit, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I could go on, but it's not the point of the the movie. The movie is entertaining. I've always found it entertaining, and that has not changed. So long story short, I'll keep this nice and brief for all you people, and I'm sorry I insulted weeaboos, but not really. Um, yeah, 8 out of 10 as well. Solid decent yeah um so i think everything's really been said um you know it's uh it's a very interesting movie i really enjoyed it um looking back i wish i wouldn't have avoided it for so long um yeah i'm actually kind of yeah, i'm, I'm really good. still shocked you've never seen this before well here's another shocker i <laughs> i saw a buddy of mine out west uh he was shocked by this too but i've also never seen any of the harry potter films he was just like you're not missing anything. No, I know. Well, some people, love, but it's funny. I was just like, yeah, I just never watch them. And my buddy went like, wow, that's that's pretty dedicated. You know, not see any or read anything. And I'm like, no, I just, <laughs> just avoided it. I, whatever. Yeah. But um, no. Looking back, I, I wish I would have watched this earlier. But I'm regardless, I saw it and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there's some things that are annoying. It's a bit Hollywood. Uh, some of the dates don't line up. You know, it is an amalgamation of different characters. Uh. It suffers from its length, in my opinion. You know, I guess I don't like him as long as Nate, uh, even though I like long movies. But um, no, I don't know. If, for me, I wish it would have been a little shorter. But it, that doesn't mean it's horrible. That doesn't mean, you know, I don't like it in any way. That's just my own personal preference. So that being all said, it, it's funny. I'll be giving the highest score of an 8.5. Um, it's a very interesting movie. And uh, I really think it's worth your time to watch it. And uh, you really just get a a start on Japan as it becomes a nation. And, you know, it's just, they, they try to really 
walk the middle of the road and tell that story. And they do a, a good job of doing it. So I'm going to give this, like I said, an 8.5 out of 10. So putting all these scores into the computer that will tell you if you're going to get Shanghai or not, um, we end up with a score of 8.1. So pretty high up on the scale. And um, definitely check it out. You know, it's just at the end of the day, if it's not historically accurate, it is enjoyable. And, uh, yes. you know, who doesn't like uh, fucking throwing swords through people? I mean, come on. You know, and Mao's like 1871-74s. I mean, come on. Yeah, and like all those great. And if you're a helmet nerd, there's so many helmets in this thing. Like you just the whole time you'd be like, what the fuck's that? That's awesome. Oh, look, that's another one. Like a face shield. Oh, my God. So like uh, it did make you realize like, well, if they have to make a lot of money, it'd be cool to have a suit of Japanese armor. <laughs> so, they are yeah. out there. Last month, I only sold for like two thousand dollars. You get the whole thing top to bottom. Wow. Yeah, I, it's funny. I've, I know there was a lot of money and stuff I'm like that would be cool. But no, it's uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'd pay money and... to watch you be in fucking samurai armor walking around your house. <laughs> <laughs> Hype, but uh, the twink from the east. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Shots fucking fired. At least I'm not the twink of the south. <laughs> Holy Christ! I think that's enough podcasting for today. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, it's a really good film. You should check it out, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Sake! week. I'm just going to call you Bob. I'm just going to call you Bob. Are you mad because it make you wear a dress? Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, scuttlebutt out.